Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week. So excited to be back here recording a new episode. Britt, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? We've had a few where we've not uh, recorded together because I've had some wonderful guests and it's great. I do want to go ahead and mention that the advanced nutrition episode that we had, the audio really was not very good. And as I've said before, I don't edit. I usually just record and we put it up there. So um, I cannot fix that audio, so we have deleted it from the list of episodes, and we are going to re-record. So don't worry, we're going to re-record. Tiffany will be back on here, and we will talk nutrition. But today, what are we talking about? We're talking about scent work. Yay, scent work. So scent work is something that I've done a lot of. Um, when I was doing search and rescue, I started search and rescue probably in uh, probably 2000, I think is when I started. And I had to learn a lot about scent work. And at that time, it was all about teaching dogs to find missing person. Um, and then I got into human remains detection. And now working with retrieving independence, our scent work is focused on seizure, diabetic, um, increased heart rates, things of that nature. However, Britt just did a webinar on scent work for behavior issues. I can't believe she's becoming a, quite a dog speak geek and is Nerd. stretching out and doing her own little thing uh, with education. So tell us about what you um, did with that webinar. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it was about a year ago you told me I should start doing scent work with Isabella. I think you're right. And oh my I gosh. was like, I love it when I'm right. I was like, man, that's intimidating because I'm thinking of, you know, alerts as in, you know, 
seizure, diabetic, medical alert, that sort of thing. Or what you did with search and rescue. And I was like, I have no idea how to do that or start it. So anyway, um, I got to do this online seminar with um, Dr. Morig Ayers. And uh, she is awesome. She's a great speaker if you ever get to to listen to one of her seminars. Um, and so she does a lot with scent work um, for behavioral modification. Um, and so I've really started try to start implementing these things into our day-to-day life. I, I can't get into like the scientific part of it. So if you go Google that um, and, and go check it out, it's really awesome. Uh, she works a lot with board. She has border collies. I, so um, many trainers have border collies. Yeah. So I was like, like, how do you oh, have hey. time? How do you have time to have border collies? <laughs> well, and and uh, one of hers is deaf. Oh, wow. And so, you know, she, she uses hand signals with that that particular dog and a lot of scent work to help with confidence and, um, you know, bonding. It's really fascinating to watch some of the videos that were on there. Uh, so basically the point of scent work when you're dealing with a pet or behavioral modification is to help with that seeking instinct that dogs have. Um, especially if you have a dog that gets frustrated about things. Um, we call it indirect aggression. She calls it redirect aggression. Same thing. Um, when a dog can't get to something that they want, therefore they attack whatever is closest to them, whether that's the handler or another dog. Um, and so she, she uses scent work to help with that. Um, because you are allowing the dog to seek, get a reward. And that's helping with that frustration. Um, and then also she talks about using it for, you know, her clients in particular, um, around distractions, around triggers, um, things that usually cause, uh, quote unquote, aggressive behavior, um, and using that in a session to help a dog so, uh, with treats where you're actually teaching your dog to seek the treat, uh, before you you know, go into a new place, whether it's working around another dog. Uh, so yeah, it was really interesting. And I've been trying to do some of that with Isabella. You know, I it, we've started doing a little bit more scent work with our clients, starting with just enrichment, but also using scent work in ways to help decrease stress. Mm-hmm. When dogs are sniffing, they can't feel stress. Right? So sniffing is kind of the number one tool that they use. And so anytime we have an opportunity to take that and put it towards something that is more appropriate. So instead of sniffing out that next trigger, which might be another dog, rabbit, Mm -hmm. um, squirrel, cat, then we find ways to take that nose work and put it somewhere else. Now, I know people are hearing there are nose work classes and those nose work classes are teaching dogs to find a specific odor. Now, the scent work we're talking about is not necessarily finding a specific odor, but just hunting and searching and using that nose to locate food, mm-hmm. whether it's treats or kibble. And um, and it's really, I think, helps a lot of dogs relax. Um, and I know one thing that I've really been pushing, and I have to check with Gray to see if he's pushing this, is, 
we are asking people to throw away your dog food bowl mm-hmm. and don't use a bowl and instead feed your dog out of something where they have to sniff. Um, snuffle mats are what we go for, but there are other things that you can use. Give us an example of one of the ones that you did with Isabella with her food. Um, I took uh, just a shipping box, a large shipping box, and filled it with paper towel and toilet paper rolls and water Empties. bottles. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> people are like, we're still my, dog, a, my dog would tear up. The we're still paper. in a we're still in a pandemic. I'm not giving my dog that stuff, man. Right? You don't know when you're going to need that. Uh, so. Yeah, so I, I put her treats in there. There was some packing paper in there. Um, and I'll put the I'll put the video up on uh, Instagram if I haven't done that yet. I, I think, yeah, it's on I, Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Because um, a lot of my clients have seen it, and they really like it. They think yeah. it's a great idea, and I thought it was brilliant to use things around the house. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's inexpensive. So I just throw her treats or her food in there and let her do that. I mean, she's worn out by the time she's done. I tell you, because using that nose, again, they can't feel anything. Um, they can't feel that stress, but it's also using a lot of that brain. And it's some, it's, I, I would call it, it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how satisfying it is for dogs. Yeah. To use the nose and actually get a reward for using the nose. Mm-hmm. Where if you're taking your dog for a walk and you're giving them some sniffy time, that's still a very enjoyable for the dogs, I'm sure. But there's no reward at the end, right? They're smelling that rabbit trail, but they're not actually going to get to the rabbit. Right. Where if we set up things to where they can hunt and use that nose and get a reward, then we're satisfying it in a more controlled environment. So when we go for a walk, they won't feel the need to overly sniff and you can actually get mm-hmm. through your walk. Right. And that's what I did. Um, I helped Nikki a few, what, last week? with a client um, and we took Isabella and prior to going, we actually did some scent work before we went to kind of get her focused. Um, so she didn't have that pent up energy and frustration that, you know, Oh my gosh, I can't get to this dog. I want to see this dog. Um, and she was, you know, more focused during the session. Uh, but then also when we were walking her, around your client's dog using the treats in a way that she had rather than just giving them directly to her using them in a way where she would actually have to sniff it out and find it which meant throwing it behind me and sort of guiding her to it so she's learning oh okay that's that's what we're doing here um yeah it's yeah. helpful it, it, that's one that we will use with when we are dealing with triggers and leash reactivity is instead of handing the treat to the dog, taking a small uh, couple of pieces and throwing them on the ground mm-hmm. so that the dog has to take their attention from what they're focused on up, down, and have to sniff to find. So we're taking their eyes away from the trigger and we're giving them a chance to not feel that stress by having to use their nose to get the reward. Yeah. Now, when you're dealing with leash reactivity with that, you can't get so close to the trigger that the dog isn't even interested in the food. So don't think you're just going to walk down the street, your dog sees another dog or a bicycle or a cat or whatever it might be, and you're going to get right on top, dogs barking and lunging, and you're throwing treats on the ground, it's going to redirect the dog. 
you still have to follow the procedures of staying out of the trigger zone, uh, rewarding the dog for the right behavior, making sure that we're setting the dog up for success, not waiting until the dog is exploded and trying to get its attention. Um, but that's a great way to, to take that attention. And again, don't think that we're throwing the treats on the ground to distract the dog. Right. So many times people are like, well, I've used the treats to distract them from the trigger. That is not what we're doing. Um, I, I'm always very cautious with my clients to make sure you understand the wording that I'm using. It's not about distraction. It's about changing the emotion, think, changing the thought process about that trigger. And so we don't use food to distract the dog. So throwing treats on the ground just to get your dog's eyes away from the potential trigger is not going to fix your issue. Mm-hmm. That would be distracting. If, if I'm saying, oh, there's a dog. I'm not sure if my dog's seen or not, so I'm just going to throw the treats down and distract them. That's not going to fix the mm-hmm. problem. You're, you're going to be in management mode, and sometimes you need to do that. But that is a great way to, to use the nose work. And also, when you're out walking, instead of even using treats, you can use your environment as a reward. So if I have a dog who is walking nicely with me and I'm coming upon their favorite fire hydrant or favorite mailbox, well, as long as they're walking nicely, the reward is now to get to go sniffy Mm -hmm. and go sniff around the mailbox and go mark all that. Instead of just letting the dog take you over there and do it, use it as a reward so that you're using things in the environment um, that include that sniffing. So that is a big part of, of... getting your dog to start using their nose on a daily basis. So if you want to throw away that dog bowl, you can use a snuffle mat. You can do the box with paper in it. You can also use those empty toilet paper and paper towel uh, rolls and put food inside that. You can even poke holes in that so the dogs have to maybe pick it up and throw it away. Maybe they're not into tearing it apart. Maybe they just want to pick it up and throw it. And then Mm -hmm. the food can fall out of the holes. Um, what are some of the other things that you've done scent work with her? Because again, we're not talking specifically about finding a specific odor. And mm-hmm. I think that's what freaked you out is is thinking I have to teach her. And I, and I know that's what I yeah, mentioned. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Get her own clothes or find, you know, coffee or. or Yeah, and that was a bit intimidating because I was like, I'm not going to work her in that way. And I know nothing about that. Because um, that does, that takes in consideration a little bit of scent theory and how scent works in an environment. Mm-hmm. And it's about scent um, basically setting there for a little time yeah. before the dog's working. And so they have to work through a scent cone. And I mean, I can totally get into all that scientific, but but what we're talking about is having the odors already there. The dog knows the odors in a small area. Mm-hmm. It's just about using that nose there to get what it is that they want. Right. Now, some other ways that if you do want to put in a little, maybe a hunt game, is taking something that you're putting the food in and teaching the dog to go hunt for it. And typically when I start with that, I'll the dog will know that I've got food in it. I'll show it to them, put them in a stay. Or if your dog doesn't have a good stay, tie them up, hook them up to something or have somebody hold them. Let them see you take it across the room, put it behind the chair, and then release them and tell them to go hunt. The dog's going to go straight to it. Yeah. They get those. They get to sniff it. They get to reward. They get to do all of that. Then as you progress and the dog starts to understand what go hunt means, you can hide it in another room and then send the dog into the room to go hunt. Now, 
that can play in with a little bit of scent theory and scent cone work. But if you do it quickly enough, uh, the dog should have no problem getting there and using the nose and hunting for it. And that's what I like to call, if I have a dog who likes to destroy the item they find to get the treats, I call it seek and destroy. But you can't just do a seeking game mm-hmm. if the dog doesn't like to hunt. And you can do this with your uh, tricky treat balls. You can do it with your stuffed food toys, like the topple. You can do it with a stuffed animal and throw that in there. You could do it with a small box, maybe with some holes punched in it so the smell is, is able to uh, escape a little bit. So there are a lot of things that you can do to give your dog... An opportunity to use their nose when it's more convenient and not when it's only time they're using their nose is when they're on a walk mm-hmm. and then it's aggravating to you because you can't get anywhere yeah and and that's another thing that dr Ayers went into was a you know how important it is to teach the game to the dog so that they don't get frustrated at scent work in general um so like you said letting them know where it is guiding them as needed, um, sort of like you did, you would do with search and rescue, um, where you would indicate the search area. That was, that was a big thing. Like you got to limit it down to a certain area for them. Uh, so they're not going all over your house, destroying it and getting frustrated. Uh, so that was a very, really interesting thing. And I realized that with a lot of, um, the puzzle toys and things like that, I just sort of gave it to Isabella expecting like she would just figure it out when in reality she would just quit doing it halfway through because she was frustrated because she's like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know the point of this. Yeah. I think a lot of people get the puzzle games and they just think the dog's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But if they've never learned to play the game, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to get frustrated and look at you like, I don't know what you want me to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll tear it apart to try to get to things or they just won't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what's the sad part is then clients are like, my dog's dumb. They couldn't figure this out. This is the easiest puzzle. Well, it's like if you don't have the rules to a game and someone sits you down to play poker, they can call you dumb all day long, but you probably, you might could beat them if you, if knew, you the knew the rules. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like you, you have to know the rules to a game before you can play it. Yeah, definitely break things down very simply, you know. Um, and something as simple to start with your dog, say if you want to say go hunt, use that as a command, is just take a few pieces of their kibble, four or five pieces of kibble, throw it down right in front of them, tell them to go hunt. Mm-hmm. And then take it a few feet away, throw it down and say go hunt. And then I'll use even the backyard. I have my clients will uh, say, take your dog if they love to sniff and use their nose especially outside and these, especially the the hunting dogs, take a small grassy patch, throw their food all in that section, take them to that area and tell them to go hunt. But it's not the whole yard. It's a small patch. As the dog gets better, then you can increase the space in the yard that you're using. So just like any, like a snuffle mat, get a snuffle mat that you could go from easy to hard. Right, because there are some snuffle mats that are just too easy, mm-hmm. and they're great for starters. But how many do you want to buy? Right, all right. So buy one that you can go from easy to hard, and then with um, like the box games, just start out easy with it. All right, maybe it's um, instead of putting the paper packing paper in the box, start with packing paper just covering treats on the ground. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So especially if your dog's a little nervous about it. So some dogs are not going to feel comfortable, and especially their size. If you have a small dog, they may not want to climb in a box to try to pull things out. But there are still ways that you can do it. It doesn't necessarily have to even be a box. You can just take a folded up towel and throw some treats in it. And let the dog hunt for that. What are some of the other things that, any ideas that she gave for scent games? Because, I mean, I still want to push these people to the Canine Enrichment Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. There are some brilliant. They're great. There's some brilliant ideas out there. Yeah. Uh, the one that tickled me the most, though, were the three dachshunds. That they had a, um, it looked like maybe a PVC pipe with a towel wrapped around the pvc pipe it was a blanket it was a blanket yeah. and had treats inside the blanket and so the dachshunds would have to jump up to roll the blanket for the food to fall out well two dachshunds were really smart and one dachshund was the hard worker because one dachshund would stand up and roll the blanket and the other two would just eat the treats that mm-hmm. fell out so i do recommend that if you have multiple dogs give them individual times to do this because it's we don't want the one dog doing all the work and not getting the reward. And then we don't want the other two getting the reward without the work because we're not getting giving the enrichment mm-hmm. and we're not helping with that stress if there's stress. So that, you know, give them some individual time with that. But check those pages out because there's some there's some not great ones out there, but there's some really good ideas. And of course, you can just do a search online mm-hmm. and of course, follow us. On Dog Speak and on Instagram, Dog Speak 101, because Britt's putting up things when she's doing it with Isabella. And um, and that can give you some ideas as well. What other things have you done with her? Because I know that I've seen you. We, we, are, we now have a box in the house for enrichment items. So it's sometimes it's plastic bottles. Sometimes it's paper towel and toilet paper rolls. We have some different things we kind of throw in there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, most everybody gets a bunch of stuff delivered these days. So. There's no shortage of boxes here. There are no shortage of boxes. We may order way too many things. So there's some other things that, you know, just have to get creative. I sometimes am not very creative. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, just one or two things that I have in mind. Uh, yesterday, uh, I took her hiking. And it was strictly for her it wasn't like my normal hike so um i let her choose the path and And that's fantastic and let her and she i mean her nose was down the whole time and she chose where she wanted to go because her goal is to get to the creek and she's gonna find the quickest way to do that so that's what she did yesterday she used her nose to find the creek Mm -hmm. Of course, she, I'm sure she heard it as well, but yeah, she found a path I've never seen before, and we've done this trail a million times, and she, she went right down it, and that nose was just on the ground the whole time. And that is... Of course, she did find some deer poop, too. Of so course. I had, to, I had to practice our leave it on that one. But what you said was, I think people need to hear that several times over. I took her for a hike, but it wasn't a normal hike. It was about her. It wasn't about me getting from point A to point B. It's about her getting the enrichment that she needs mm-hmm. for this. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is they want to take 
their exercise, whether it's hiking or walking, and they want to take the dog to hopefully kind of kill two birds with one stone. I'm getting my walk, I'm getting my exercise, and my dog's getting their exercise. When in actuality, the walks really should be more about sniffing and enrichment and less about physical exercise. Now, if that's the only way your dog gets physical exercise, then make part of it physical exercise and part of it enrichment. But you can't make it enrichment if you're all worried about your exercise and keeping your heart rate up and the dog just has no choice but to go with you. Yeah. Just like if you're running with your dog. If your dog enjoys running, great. But that running with you is not enriching for the dog. All that dog is doing is running to keep up with you. There's no sniffing. There's no um, re- you know, relief of stress. It's just trying to keep up. And they really don't have a choice. They're attached to you. They have to go. Yeah. So don't think that if you go running with your dog that that's enough and your dog doesn't need more enrichment or need something that's for them. Right? It's like, I kind of want to think about it. It's like me going to work with my mom when it was like, you know, bring your kid day to work and going to work with my mom and that's supposed to be enriching to me. Right? Or that's supposed yeah. to be satisfying to me because, I, you know, you're not learning anything. You weren't really doing anything. I enjoyed it. But I wouldn't say, oh, I should be mentally exhausted because I did this today. No, because it wasn't geared towards me. And that is, that's the thing is that we got to make sure that we're gearing things towards our dogs and not just trying to give them what they need while we're still getting what we need. And especially as the weather starts to change and gets colder and it's not as enjoyable to be outside, this enrichment's going to be huge. Speak for yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of cold. Isabella and I are looking forward to some fall weather. Okay, Isabella. I love fall. I'm talking winter. (laughs) I love fall. But wintertime, it's too cold for me to get out and want to really do a whole lot. But, and there are some dogs that are not fans of the cold. I know Isabella loves it. But there are ways that we can still give our dog the enrichment they need in the house. And it's just, you have to get creative with it. But don't think that allowing your dog to sniff... Um, is just uh, an okay thing. It's really, I think, one of the top things we need to do is to find ways to give our dogs opportunities to use the nose to earn reward, which is why I'm taking away feeding bowls and not using slow feeders, right? If your dog is eats that fast, put it in a snuffle mat, put it in a rolled up blanket, put it in boxes with paper thrown in there. Your dog will slow down because they have no choice. So there's a lot of great ways to use sniffing. And if you do want to get into nose work, uh, I'm sure just do a search in your area and there's probably some nose work classes. There's competition out there for nose work. And, um, you know, people are seeming to really enjoy it. But I do recommend good nose work for confidence building, for uh, learning problem solving skills, to have some self-control, to uh, decrease frustration and stress. Sniffing will decrease that. Um, so, and one more thing I want to throw out there about decreasing some stress, lickety mats. Now you're not really using your nose on that, but the lickety mats also a nice calming because when dogs are licking, it's calming. So you might even take something like the stuffed topple, which is made from West Paul and you've frozen it and, uh, you've, you've hidden it. And the dog has to find it. So now we have that nose work there. Then they find it. Now they have to lick to get the stuff out. So you can combine the two. 
with that. But if you're feeding your dogs twice a day, you have no excuse to not give them some opportunities to use that nose. Uh, if you're free feeding, stop. Stop free feeding. Use that to your advantage. Use um, scheduled feedings to your advantage. Even, it doesn't have to be the same time every day. But, you know, use that opportunity to give your dog a chance to use the nose and work for something that you have to give them anyway, which is their food. And, of course, throw in some treats. Make it exciting and fun. So, I hope you all have enjoyed that with sniffing. And, and again, give some your dog some opportunities. We're using it a lot more with our clients. And I encourage you to look up Snuffle Mats, find you something, look around the house, see what you can find, uh, like some pages on Facebook. Be sure you follow us on Instagram. Um, are you putting any of those videos on our Facebook page or is it mostly Instagram? Uh, it's both. Okay, good. Both, yeah. Yeah, and then um, as far as Dr. Ayers, um, you spell her name M-O-R-A-G and her last name is H-E-I-R-S. Excellent. Um, so you can Google her if you, um, I know she's probably got, a, you know, several webinars and things out there. Um, but she, that's what she does a lot of. That's so, what I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll find that information and I'll put it in the show notes yeah. for you guys. Because uh, you'll have to give me that spelling again. <laughs> and I'll just put it in the show notes so you guys can locate that. But there is a lot of information out there. Uh, take the time just to look it up and follow us on Instagram at DogSpeak101. And, of course, Facebook, DogSpeak101. Um, it is DogSpeak101 on Facebook. Somebody already got in DogSpeak. Just so you all know, DogSpeak is our name. That's our official name. It's just we had to do the 101 because somebody else had our name uh, back in the day when I <laughs> set all this stuff up. They were faster than me. So uh, just make sure you do. Follow us and like us and uh, do your research and find some ways. And, and there might be a nose work class around. Um, but even if there's not, you can do things on your own. You got anything else to add there, Brett? Because you're becoming like the nose work queen over here. I, well, I'm I'm starting out. I mean, I'm just starting out. And I know I, you know, I I could go deeper into that webinar, but I don't want to butcher her work because it was it was so brilliant. And so I just I'm just going to tell you how it relates to me. Um, and I think that's what our listeners love because you gonna, relate to them. I, I, I mean, the scientific part of it is fascinating, but I'm not going to try to butcher that. Uh yeah. Because I know I will. That takes that's gonna take more research on my part. Ah, they can just go find it. Yeah. She's uh, she's got it all laid out already. So it's excellent. Well, I love it. This was great. Um appreciate you guys. I uh, I know that we put it in the beginning of the podcast, but of course it's worth mentioning again about the communication seminar. We have one live on the seventeenth in person and the nineteenth of this month. We are doing our Zoom. So make sure you're getting on there. And if you are not in our time zone, we are going to record this and there will be access to it afterwards. So uh, we do hope to see you guys at one of those events. And we appreciate you listening. If you've not checked out the Patreon page, check it out. We've got some new videos up, some teaching videos. You don't want to miss those. And you can just go patreon.com slash dogspeak. And we would love to have you as a Patreon member uh, but we love you guys. Share, share, share. Please review and rate where you can so other people can find us. And if you have any ideas on podcasts, let us know. We would love to hear it. Uh, we appreciate you. We hope you have a fabulous week.